Hi, I'm Danny. And I'm Bailey. And I just have one question. Are we there yet? Are they Are there they yet? There yet? I don't feel good. <laughs> Danny forgot the name of her own show. <laughs> I'm unmedicated. I just have like a low grade fever and my head feels like a hundred pounds. So to be fair, it are they there yet is a play on are we there yet? Exactly. So ha, I wasn't wrong. You and it's wrong. only because Are We There Yet was taken by several other podcasts. Yes. I'm so sorry for uh, plagiarizing your name other podcasts. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I pinky swear. I'm the one who came with the name, so I'm, I meant it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, warning. I might cough a few times in this bad boy. And my... Okay, two, two sound things. One, I don't sound good. <laughs> I, I'm sick. So my throat hurts, and you're going to have to deal with it. Because we don't want to miss getting an episode out to you lovely, lovely travelers. And also... I'm in the middle of a move and I am at my Louisiana house currently and we moved stuff to the Arkansas house and the stuff of which was moved included uh, my headphones and my microphone for recording. So if, if it sounds weird, it's because I'm recording with the audio recorder on the Mac. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Once again, we're giving you quality over quantity or no quantity over quality yeah for now uh, i think the research is quality uh sure nice. <laughs> <laughs> on occasion sure i'm kind of excited about this one i think this episode will be good yeah we're in idaho fun cool and fun fact yep. we also um before we get any further i will also give my content warning um, my my creepy cryptid story is first, so when I begin talking, pretty much right away, there is content warning for infant death. So, if you're not into that, um, you shouldn't be into it. But if you, if, it tr- if it triggers you, if you're not cool with it, you might want to skip my part or you know listen with caution. So yeah, I don't think mine has any trigger warnings. And if it does, spoilers, and I don't want to give spoilers away. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't think. I had nothing graphic. So. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh. Yeah. Oh, another sound warning. I have soup sitting next to me. It's very good soup. It is uh, the garden brand. <laughs> and it is uh, the beef, vegetable, whatever stew. Beth. Beth. Is it the one it's that's beef? B-E apostrophe. Yes, it is. And it is delectable and delicious, and I don't have a lot of it left, but I simply will not let it go to waste until I get down to the peas, because I don't like peas, and I will not be eating them. Um, But every now and again, you might hear a slurp noise. I'll give you a slurp warning before I slurp. Uh, But yeah, just just a warning. I might be souping (laughs) during this time. (laughs) Well, let's get into some Idaho facts so Danny can uh, finish the soup. Uh, Good morning. (laughs) So, to be frank, normally when we do um, fun facts, I pick some out and copy and paste them. Sorry, plagiarism. Um, 
I move them over to a Word document, so I know exactly which ones I want to say. It's not um, if you cite your <laughs> Well, so in front of me right now is in fact not my Word document, but um, the factfile.org <laughs> to give me some interesting facts about Idaho. Nice. So if these if these might be a little disjointed because I have read through most of them, but don't really know which ones I was going to say until they come out of my mouth. Nice. Um, so interesting facts about Idaho. <laughs> the state's name um, is apparently derived from a Native American word that means the land of many waters. Oh, that's why a whole fuck ton of Idaho cryptids are water cryptids. There are so many water cryptids. Maybe All but like one. Plesiosaur cryptids. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, I don't think we're doing any of them. <laughs> yeah. I have so... a plesiosaur. Pretty dumb one. So, uh, we did not cover any of the water, the, the Nessies. We didn't cover any Nessies. Um, there are two time zones in Idaho. Mm. The Mountain Time Zone and the Pacific Time Zone. Both of which, I believe, are behind us. Yeah. I think it's an hour for Mountain and then two hours for Pacific. We're in the central time zone. Yeah, we're in the right time zone. <laughs> yeah. The one I learned and makes sense. Yeah, because everything else is very weird. <laughs> so right now, Pacific Standard Time is 6.04 p.m. Yeah, so they're two hours behind. Time. Yeah. Yeah, and then what, Mountain Time? <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's the one in between. Yeah, they're 7.04. So yeah. They're not. Bailey, you're so smart. I never would have known. I would have been like, I don't know. <laughs> the only reason I know Pacific, the only reason I know Pacific is because that is the time zone that LA is in. Mm-hmm. I've only been to a different time zone like once. I've been I to mean, whichever one Central Pacific. <laughs> Where's the other one? <laughs> word of Arkansas and Louisiana. Yeah. I, I've been to North Carolina, which I think was an hour it'll be ahead yeah yeah i think it was an hour ahead of what we are now the name of that time zone i couldn't tell you yeah no no clue oh is it east i think it might just be the eastern time standard time i think so i think so i think it's est that would be i've been around there like i don't know if any of the time changes happened i've been like we went on the trip that we went on and we were in i i think we jumped forward then yeah yeah because we were in that same like area yeah we were in Virginia? West Virginia? I don't know. Where were we? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, we went to Florida for a little bit there. I, we were in the eastern part of Florida, so we definitely yeah. jumped. Somewhere. Florida also, um, we already done Florida, but Florida is also um, in two time zones. Um, the yeah. tiny little section of it that's like under, I don't even know. There's a t- small section of it closest to Arkansas that is still in central time. Yeah. That's the part and then the beaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then the rest of it is, I guess, Eastern. Yeah. Anyway, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> According to uh, the fact file, uh, Idaho is the fastest growing state by population in the United States. Lies. I don't know if I believe that, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let they it They sound go. like the experts on the topic. I'm, I'm not a population expert. I never want to be. That sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Idaho's state seal, um, is the only one in the United States that was designed by a woman. Get that bag. Her name was Emma Edwards Green. 
Sorry, I just read the first part of her name and then realized she also had a last name. <laughs> Emma Edwards Green. <laughs> oh, Emma. I love her. What is the seal? I have no that? idea. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me that. Idaho State. There's a couple little random laws in Idaho. Um, so in Pocatello, Idaho, there's an obsession with smiles that it went so far that it became a law. So um, in Pocatello, Idaho, it is illegal to not smile in public. Huh? <laughs> I actually part of my most of my story happens right outside of Pocatello. Huh. Yeah. Did I say that right? I didn't I look at so. the print. I don't know. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> also the seal, it's cute. It's um it's like a it's a circle, as they mostly are. And it's got like a like a what's that thing called? The thing at Thanksgiving where it's filled with a bunch of fruit and stuff. A cornucopia? Cornucopia, there it is. There's a cornucopia. I know that there. because of the Hunger Games. Me <laughs> too. Looks like Lady Justice. It seems like she has some scales. So, oh, I'm looking at it right in front of me. I thought that was the flag. No, yeah, I guess it is the flag too. There's a stag in the middle. It says Esto Perpetua. Yes, that means I just saw that. That it has a meaning. (laughs) Obviously, Perpetua sounds Latin, and it sounds like perpetuation. Perpetuation. It means where to go. Where did that fact go? I literally just saw it. Maybe something along the lines of like uh, esto perpetua, living. which means this is forever. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally the smartest person alive. I am Latin. No, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> I nope. no. Continue, Bailey. Before I say more stupid things. Um, I'll give you like two more. Um, so Idaho, um, so 63% of the state is considered public land. Mm. Nice. And then let's just find <laughs> one more. I'm going to keep scrolling. Oh, that's the next page. We're going to scroll back up. What did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? Um, the state is home to Atomic City. Um, which was a booming city when the National Reactor Testing Station was active in the 70s. Um, Now only 29 people live there. (laughs) Yeah, one's booming, I see. (laughs) Yeah. There's also a ski resort in McCall, Idaho, um, that's home to the Brundigy Brawl Tree. It's known throughout Idaho because this is where many women throw their bras as they ride a chairlift. (laughs) <laughs> I want to go, baby. Uh, then you just gotta go Brothers? to a young. Gra- they are. You gotta go to a young gravy concert. Ah, good. <laughs> so also, um, in in oh, where is it? Destin, Florida. There's McGuire's, and they've got dollar bells all over the place, but they've also got bras on the ceiling. Uh, I've been to a couple different places where you like staple a dollar bell to the wall. Yeah, I kind of like There's them. one in uh, Charleston. Nice. I think that's where we were. <laughs> I've been to a lot of different cities and went to a lot of random little diners with yeah. weird traditions. <laughs> Slurp warning. So, yeah, no, um, Jamie sent me a TikTok um, last night, this morning, recently. Um from Young Gravy. <laughs> it was a count of how many brawls were thrown on stage during one concert. 
but it's now up to like nearly 700 bras that he's collected (laughs) like i'd like to know they're being donated i think nice and then for every bra that's like thrown he's vouched that he's going to put so much money like per bra um towards i think breast cancer research nice and then he he ended the tiktok with um ladies about how much does a bra cost and so a lot (laughs) well the comments is anywhere from like 25 to like 100 dollars. so good luck depends on where you go if you get a walmart bra you're getting you know uh, quality is down, but quality, qu- like quantity, you can get like four bras in a pack. They're just not great. <laughs> or you can go to like. Well, then if you're like a bigger chested person, then you yeah. have to go to get way more expensive bras. Oh, absolutely! It's me. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> we are the largest. <laughs> yeah, no, and I am currently only able to wear. wear, wear <laughs> hold on. Wear uh, nursing bras because even if. Uh, like, even if I'm not actively nursing at the time, I need to wear nursing bras because certain bras with, like, certain underwire or push-up or whatever, they will um, clog mm-hmm. their ducts. They'll, like, you know, restrict the flow. So I can't really wear sports bras or push-up bras or anything like that. I have to wear nursing bras. And the fun thing about nursing bras is that they're even more expensive. <laughs> Makes sense. I think I got, like, three pumping nursing bras for like $140. Sorry, I'm chewing ice. I wasn't thinking when I put the ice in my mouth. Dude. <laughs> I'm going to turn away for a second. Okay, slurp warning while Bailey does that. <laughs> well, I've already turned away, so I want to talk with your slurp. <laughs> but yeah, Idaho sounds nice. No, it doesn't. Um, nice enough. Potatoes. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of it. It's home to the largest potato. I don't know if that's a fabricated potato or a real one. I, I just know that's the thing. We were talking about this before the recording started. And the thing about it being a real potato is if it's still there, that's probably gross. <laughs> so gross. If they kept that thing around, how did they like mummify it? <laughs> did they taxidermy this potato? <laughs> I don't know. How, how would you preserve an entire giant potato? Like, are we talking formaldehyde? Are we talking... I feel like they would ruin it. I don't know how you would do it. I don't know if you could. I don't think you could. Not forever. Mm Mm-mm. I would save, like, the skein. Potato skein. Anyway. (laughs) Do you want to talk about your cryptids? I think we can stop talking about uh, potatoes now and get into the actual... (laughs) The nitty-gritty. So, my cryptid is there's not like a ton of information information about it. It's just kind of like, it's a ditty, it's a little ditty and then it's over. So I I go on uh, in my notes, quite a few little tangents and you guys are coming for the ride. So again, content warning, this is the one with infant death mentioned and it's kind of like the whole thing. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't get into it for like a second but it's pretty much the whole theme of, of what I'm talking about. So anyway, I digress. First, we've got to talk about the Shoshone. So there are the Shoshone people. Shoshone. Shoshone? I heard someone on TikTok pronounce it Shoshone. So I was like, that's right. Every uh, So I, I also talk about them. And every time I heard them, it was Shoshone. Really? Goddamn. Is it spelled <laughs> with an e? Sometimes it's spelled with an E at the end. Sometimes an I. Yeah, sometimes I saw on Britannica that it can also be spelled with an I. And I just ignored that. I'm pretty sure it's Shoshone. 
Okay, so we're going to say Shoshone from now on, and we'll try our best to hope that that's right. Uh, I also talk about the Ut, or as Bailey had pronounced at one point, Ute people at some point, and I'm going to say Ut because that's what we, I think, decided it's probably. Is that what we decided? Because I also have to mention them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that for us. This is a Shoshone. (laughs) People, which encompass the Shoshone. So, okay. I took a whole chunk of information from Botanica and essentially, so quote starting here because it's important and I didn't know how to reword any of this. The Shoshone of historic times were organized into four groups, okay? So there's the Western or unmounted Shoshone centered in Nevada. There are the Northern or horse Shoshone of Northern Utah and Idaho. There are the Wind River Shoshone in Western Wyoming and the... (laughs) Comanche, we're going to do that, in western Texas, a comparatively recent offshoot of the Wind River group. The Shoshone language is a central Numic language of the Auto-Aztecan family. Shoshone dialects were so similar that the speakers from extreme ends of the Shoshone territory, territory were mutually intelligible. So they were all talking kind of the similar vibe, you mm-hmm. know. So if I am not mistaken... We are discussing the previously Northern or Horse Shoshone, which according to my research is now the Shoshone Bannock tribes, which are, this is a quote from their website, (laughs) which are located on the Fourth Hall Reservation in Southeastern Idaho, between the cities of Pocatello, American Falls, and Blackfoot. The reservation is divided into five districts, Fort Hall, Lincoln Creek, Ross Fork, Gibson, and Bannock Creek. Currently, 97% of the reservation lands are owned by the tribes and individual Indian ownership. Quote, the reservation was established in 1867 by President Andrew Johnson by executive order on June 14th, 1867. There you go. I'm glad you did all that research on them because I really didn't. I tried really hard. (laughs) So that's your I have some information that pertains to me, but I really didn't go that deep. Yeah. I tried to at least get like a basic, like, this is kind of what we're talking, where we're talking about and who we're talking about vibe. So, so now I'm going to get straight into kind of the legend of where my cryptid came from. Okay. So the Shoshone tribe, which is a part of the Shoshone Bannock tribes, it's a a tribe in the tribes. Anyway, from what I understand, (laughs) they had a really, really terrible famine in, I believe the 1800s. They could not feed themselves, so they definitely could not afford to feed any new mouths. Mothers were forced to then drown their babies in the surrounding rivers and lakes because they would rather their baby's life end than they grow up in such hard times, in such famine. Mm. Yeah. So there was some conflicting sources on whether or not the mothers got together and were like, I guess this is what we have to do. Or if the tribe leadership got together and were like, this is what you guys have to do. And they were then forced to, or if they like forced themselves to, there's, there's some back and forth on that topic, but. Either way it's horrid, but also. I Is it in the worst place? I know I get into it later, but like, I, unfortunately I kind of understand, Mm -hmm. like not understand, I like sympathize with where they're coming from. Because it's true. I mean, there's there's no food. <laughs> so what are you to do? 
and w rather them have a long starvation or a quick, quick, I mean, drowning isn't exactly the quickest, but. Yeah, I don't know, know if I would have picked drowning, but. Drowning was an iffy one, but anyway, uh, it is said that these babies actually did not fully drown and they survived the famine by feeding on tadpoles and small fish. While living in the water, they grew tails, fins, and gills, giving them kind of a half-fish, half-baby look. So these babies are said to be seen playing in the waters around the Shoshone Bannock Reservation, and their laughter can be heard as they lure humans to their death. Yeah. They are referenced as the water babies, which, good name. <laughs> good name. Very descriptive name. So, Young mermaids. Uh, yeah, I get into that later, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my tangents. Baby mermaids. Yeah. So Utah also has these water babies, but theirs are more of a dwarf creature and have a different background and come from the legends of the Ute natives. So Utah's situation is like the Ute natives' idea of it, and it's kind of a dwarven race. And they do similar things, but it's not like the moms drown their babies. It's a different thing. Uh, there are also several other different groups who have similar water baby tales. There was like, I saw at least five, if not six different native groups referenced in different types of water hmm. baby. Interesting. So it's a thing all over. Uh, the area that the Shoshone version is said to have happened in is modern Massacre Rock State Park in Idaho. Uh, it got its name from the narrow passage through the area's boulder configurations. It is outside of Pocatello, Indio. In Indio? Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I could say Pocatello, but I can't say Idaho. All right. It played a huge role during the Oregon Trail situation that went down. You know, they so it, it played a huge role due to how many settlers had to pass through this really difficult area on their way to the West. Mm. So uh, in this area is the Snake River, which runs right through Massacre Rocks. And it's said to be a hotspot for the water babies. You know where we are? You got an idea? Sure. Idahoans probably know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I know so, nothing about Idaho geography. so I know. I just know the shape. If you showed me a picture and were like, what state is this? I could tell you it was Idaho. But that's yeah, I think so. It's, it's like, like it's like pointy. Yeah, it's pointy at the top. <laughs> and it goes into like a really that's why it borders like six different states and Canada. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So some versions of the legend say that this happened to a group of white settlers in the 1800s. But that is typically dismissed because that's probably just whitewashing and col hello colonizer story theft. You know how they do. Mm -hmm. so we're going to ignore that part, but I had to mention it because it's mentioned quite a few times where they're like, they do the exact story, like the exact story, but they say that it was a group of settlers. And I'm like, mm, that's, I don't, mm, that's weird. I don't know <laughs> if I believe that one. <laughs> yeah, no. So here, here we go. So I've told you the story. Ghost or cryptid? Right. Obviously, I've, I've made up my mind because we're talking about cryptids. <laughs> so, but I have to mention this because some sources say that the water babies are the spirits of the babies who were drowned. I would so believe drowning, that. Yeah. So the drowning was successful and the babies are haunting the water. They chose to come back, like be, I don't know, seen as or be presented as these water creatures rather than just babies in the water. You know, because sometimes spirits can, like, manifest as different things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but if we go with a version where the babies never actually died and they just changed into water creatures, then that would mean that they are tangible creatures making them a cryptid. And that is why we are here today. 
Yeah. So, what they do. In classic water creature fashion, the water babies are the luring type, you know? Uh, so the babies never forgot the sins of their mothers. And so they make it their goal to lure others to their untimely deaths. So if you hear crying, cooing, laughing, or any other baby noises near the water, you better walk your ass the other way. <laughs> they are yeah. said to, yeah, they're said to claim the lives of any lone person who wanders too close to the water's edge. And they grab the unsuspecting victim and they drag him to the riverbed where they drown, obviously. That'd be terrifying. Yeah, horrifying, right? So, and I, from what I read, it's usually as typical. It's alone people, people who are alone. Yeah, because if there's multiples, then you can fight them off. Just kick them. <laughs> They're just babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <Ooh>. Yeah. <laughs> Should we be joking? Probably not. Probably not. This is tragic. Anyway, so <laughs> now, now that's, that's like the end of what I have to say about like the actual facts about the water babies, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, here's a logistical question that popped into my head while I was researching. And I thought I would share this for those who are curious and those who, like, question popped into your head as well. They drowned newborns, like, specifically newborns. Not children, not any, no, 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 not, like, under 12 or anything like that. Newborns. So a newborn is a baby between zero to three months old. That is, like, what we consider a newborn. It's the, the fourth trimester, rather. Mm-hmm. So, a baby that old is on milk, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, here comes the tangent. So, I had to look it up when formula was invented (laughs) so that I can get my facts here straight. So, the first commercial baby formula, the powdered stuff that we know these days, was invented by a German guy named Justus von Liebig in 1860 using wheat flour, cow's milk, malt flour, and potassium bicarbonate. Okay? Sure. The formula was added to heated cow's milk to make baby food. But babies prior to formula also had to eat, right? Because this was 1860 and this uh, legend, this tale happened in the 1800s, like early 1800s, like 1805 area. Mm -hmm. So those babies had to eat. So like not every parent can produce milk and some birthing parents die in childbirth. So before formula, there were a few things that you were able to do to feed your baby. Okay. So for one, it was letting someone else feed your baby. Okay. Yeah. This is known as wet nursing. I personally am a milk donor, so I am not a wet nurse in the traditional sense. I don't <laughs> latch other babies. And that's not a thing I do. Uh, but I do, I produce uh, what some would consider a fuck ton of milk. <laughs> and I actually have um, about 2,280 ounces of milk in my freezer and we're moving. So I had to, do- uh, I had to contact the two people I donate to and be like, Hey, I have a lot of milk. I need you to take like now. So they they each have 19 gallon bags of milk. It's a lot. It's a lot of uh, milk. Moral of the story is I understand. I also have milk in my freezer. <laughs> That's from what month again? July? That's still good. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to check. I will come visit Bailey eventually and maybe that milk will come to use. <laughs> There's, it just won't travel because it's frozen. So as soon as you like defrost it then you like have to use it exactly once you defrost it it cannot or be thought so. yeah or dethaw if you're from the south which is really not the right way to say that word but i'm gonna go dethaw the chicken that's what my parents always said yeah i guess i think i said thaw right there but 
but yeah. Anyway, regardless, milk. Okay, you can you can wet nurse. You can have a wet nurse for your baby if you cannot produce milk. Wet nursing though was often something reserved for the high class or wealthy individuals uh, because yeah. they had servants and unfortunately slaves that they could force to feed their babies for them. Mm-hmm. And there were some situations they could, you know, sometimes they were allowed to keep their baby and feed both babies. On occasion, they would just be like, yeet, bye to your baby and feed mine, which is awful and terrible. So yeah, wet nursing. The other popular method, and it's kind of two in one, uh, was to just straight up give your baby animal milk from just any animal you could find. So the typical yeah. obviously is cow, but they also used pig milk, goat milk, uh, camel milk is one that I saw. Yeah, huh. lots of milk. You can use any milk. Uh, goat milk is actually the closest to human milk. Um, you just add a few things. I've seen some people make their own kind of homemade formula and they use goat milk. But why in the world milk. do we drink cow's milk? You know, that's a really good question, <laughs> Bailey, and I hate it. I don't know the answer. And well, I why have we it. decided that's a thing? It's so bad for you. I So I come from, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the pod, but I am mostly vegan. Sometimes I cheat. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, Cheating is in like eggs and uh, dairy. Not yeah, as not usually meat. meat. <laughs> I have taken like a bite of meat in the last seven years, but, and I, I crab sometimes, but that, that's not really meat if you think about it. Anyway, regardless. <laughs> Is it imitation crab or real crab? Real crab. Uh, Say so it's no, imitation, it's, I don't think. Imitation crab sometimes will have real crab. Yeah, it, I'm sure. Which is odd to me, but whatever. Uh, but just cow milk is really not good for humans. It's uh, once you hit, I think, five years it's of age. Not after a certain age. The lactase enzyme is like it removes itself from your system and you are no longer able to process lactose. Anyway, that's a different tangent for a different time. <laughs> What about if you're under five and allergic to dairy milk? So, yeah. Well, in some, uh, I mean, because uh, the enzyme, it's a similar enzyme in human milk and in cow's milk, but you can be allergic to specifically cow's milk, but not the lactase or the lactose in the milk. I was allergic to specifically dairy milk. Really? Yes. So you had to use and- like a soy formula? I have no idea. I'm not the one to ask. I just know that I did have an allergy to dairy milk. And, or I believe I did. <laughs> I have that memory of getting milk, or not milk, water when everyone else got milk. And I thought I was special. Oh. Awkward. I was the special one for getting water. Yeah. You're really special. <laughs> we can ask your mom. Mom, I know you're listening. Hi, mom. I was allergic right (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) anyway so yes any any animal milk that you could find so typically they would put it into clay vessels like the earliest form which Mm -hmm. were essentially like shitty versions of bottles um there are some pictures of them that are really interesting and it's like a hole in the top and then like a lot of little spouts and then another spout to kind of like for the aeration i mean they're pretty cool actually that they came up with that um and were able to make it with their little grubby hands but (laughs) Uh, so here's the thing, though. Animal milk, as, as we've kind of mentioned about cow's milk, is not exactly nutritious for human babies. <laughs> Give or take. And those vessels were really super, super duper germy because I didn't have like sterilization methods or like really good cleaning methods in general. So babies often did not thrive on this method. Uh, they Some of them survived, which is kind of the goal. So like we'd rather your baby live than not be fed at all. I also know. don't think I would thrive on 
dairy milk. No, I would not. <laughs> my tummy would be so sad. Um, there's also a fun fact. The other kind of side of this method was that there were also instances where they didn't have access to the clay or whatever they were using to make the vessels. So parents would straight up encourage their babies to suckle directly from the animal, <laughs> which I think is so fun. Regardless, the nutrients in animal milk are simply not right for human infants. Mm-hmm. So these were the popular ways to keep a baby fed who couldn't breastfeed from their birth parent. But here's the thing. This is a famine, if we have, if we have not forgotten. We are in a famine. Yep. So if you don't know, a famine typically starts with crops dying due to spells of less than ideal growing conditions. Think like droughts, floods, etc. Uh, then they don't have enough stock to keep the livestock fed. So the animals that you're breeding to eat are starting to die off as well. And yes. that takes away the option of feeding your babies animal milk because the animals are dead. <laughs> so you don't have your crops. The animals can't eat. You can't eat your crops because the animals can't eat your crops. You can't eat the animals because the animals are all dead. So here's where we are. So, okay. So what about breastfeeding then? Because as, as a lot of people argued in the formula shortage, breastfeeding is free. Why don't you just breastfeed? First of all, not no, everyone can do it. And yes, not everyone can breastfeed. Uh, but even Or is for, willing to breastfeed. <laughs> that's true. Not everyone wants to breastfeed. And whatever. I don't care. As long as your baby eats, I'm a single fuck. Regardless, even if you can breastfeed, producing just one ounce of milk burns about 20 to 22 calories in the feeding individual. Oh, yeah, so, so you cannot me, physically support it. Yeah. So for eating. me, I'm an overproducer. So I burn anywhere between 1,100 calories to 1,320 calories a day just producing milk and, and pumping milk and feeding milk. Okay? And typically... To be a wet nurse, you have to be an overproducer because you're feeding your baby and someone else's baby and sometimes another baby. So like, if you think about it, I'm, I'm a wet nurse without the, without the latching and the contact, I'm feeding two other babies. I'm giving my milk to two other families. So I'm supporting three babies with my supply right now. Uh, so the, fun, the cool and fun thing about calories and how the body works is that what you take out, you have to put back in and you got to put in to be able to take out. And if there's a famine going on, you see where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So it's likely that these people got pregnant before or at the early beginning part of this famine. I could never find how long the famine lasted, but famines typically are a lengthy process. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were about to have or having their babies. This famine is hitting. They couldn't eat. So they're probably not producing like enough nutrients for their baby in utero and then they couldn't even produce any milk because if you're not eating, you're not producing. And I, I mean, cause for me making breast milk makes me starving, absolutely ravenous and very thirsty. And I can only imagine, I mean, they had water obviously, <laughs> but the food, food, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's no alternative to feed them. The parents chose the quicker way out for their little babies. All of this tangent to say, unfortunately, I can see where they're coming from. In this circumstance, as someone who produces milk, <laughs> that was a very long tangent. I know exactly. <laughs> I told you it would be. So that tangent's over. We're done talking about feeding the babies. One more tangent 
and then I'm done for the, for the night. <laughs> so I was researching, right? And I was like, do water babies stay babies? I mean, if they're spirits, I suppose they could stay babies, you know? But we're here operating under the assumption that they are a creature grown from the tragedy, okay? So if they do grow mm -hmm. up, per se, what do they become? Mermaids. Sirens, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I know that the typical siren is a Greek mythology thing, right? Uh, speaking of, in my research, remember that time Bailey said that sirens are depicted as birds sometimes? And yes. I was like, I've never heard of that in my entire life. Crazy thing. I, I heard about it now. <laughs> I think uh, Britannica and then some like mythology.com or something uh, talked about the, only the bird version, not even the mermaid version. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, and this is, they were like companions of Persephone and they were being punished by Persephone being turned into these creatures after they failed to prevent her assault. And that was how they turned into these bird creatures. Regardless, anyways, typically these days they're thought of as the daughters of a sea slash river god who had a fun time luring sailors to their death, right? Mm -hmm. But there is more lore that say sirens just are. They just are, they just, they just exist. So where did they come from, Bailey? Water babies. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, say something. <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay, I'll follow so, up. So I then was like, is this possible? Because this is... I didn't see this anywhere, all right? So I I had to do my research. So I looked into the Snake River, which is the river that I talked about being where the, it's a, a place where water babies are uh, in Massacre Rocks. So the Snake River is a major river of the greater Pacific Northwest region of the United States, okay? It is 1,078 miles long, which makes it the largest tributary of the Columbia River. So in turn, it is the largest North American river that empties into the Pacific Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, Bailey. So who's to say that these water babies don't get a tad too big for their river home and then float their way out west to grow into even more enchanting water creatures? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So to conclude, I've done two tangents now. To conclude, these were likely a means to give some other meaning to a super tragic event. And my heart hurts for those who had to go through any kind of famine to make a decision like this. And we, we are, we're laughing and not making things about it, but it is just a really tragic thing to happen. And it, I mean, it's a realistic thing when you can't feed your baby. I mean, that's what a lot of people end up doing, which is why, anyway, I'm not going to get political on here, but <sighs> Roe v. Wade. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the end. Water babies. Yeah. I think I had a couple thoughts throughout. I want you said that there are like nearby tribes or nations or um, whatever that have a similar mythology with modern babies. But where did where did they come from? I don't know. Really. <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know why. It's a thing. It's a thing. Tiny people who are reptilian water creatures typically called water babies. I, it's it's a phenomenon, the water huh. baby phenomenon. And I mean, it is, I mean, it's it's all up there in like, you know, Idaho, Utah. Nevada was one that I saw quite a bit from. Um, specifically, Utah, the Utah Lake, I think is what it was. The Utah Lake is a, is a big hotspot for water babies. And huh. um, the Nevada Pyramids, 
pyramid, water pyramid, something or another. Uh, also, and that one is actually closer to the Shoni Shoshone. There it is, Shoshone version of the story where they had to drown their babies and that whole thing. They're not like dwarves like the Utah version is. I guess if it was close enough like an area that the entire area would have been experiencing a famine so it's not unre you would be tragic that so many groups of people came to the same decision but it would not be unheard of that everything would have happened around the same time true very true so yeah Water babies. I longer than I expected to. <laughs> this is probably going to be a long episode because I have quite a bit to say too. I believe I know what Bailey's doing because we had to do uh, the most popular Idahoan cryptid. It's not even really Idaho. I'm going to be talking about Wyoming for a while. Oh, wow. Oh, I also saw some Wyoming water babies. <laughs> yeah, that know. makes sense. Especially if it's Shoshone. Yeah. So they're all around there. Water babies. I don't think the water babies should be, uh, out of respect, should be sorted into Brad Chad Shad, so I will refrain from doing that. <laughs> no, they're, um... No, never mind. I won't get into that. Um... <laughs> so, I'm gonna start mine as all good stories should start. Uh, with the with story. The Reddit story? Is it a Reddit story? Bailey? It is a Reddit story. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you the user just yet because i'm pretty sure they made a reddit just to post this so yeah i won't tell you the username just yet but it just know it was posted onto r slash paranormal and i Mm -hmm. did bring the full thing over so the next like five or so paragraphs that i'm gonna read are straight from this post nice so when i was younger my family moved into a new house While I never felt threatened in this home, my father had the same dream every single time he slept in my bedroom. In parentheses, they say, my father broke his back when I was five and would sometimes sleep in my king-size bed with me if he was having a lot of pain because he liked the bed. It was bigger, probably more comfortable. What kid gets a king-size bed? I don't know. (laughs) I have a California king and it took me forever to fight my way up to a California king. Listen, (laughs) it took me getting married and getting gifted the Cal King, okay? (laughs) Anyways, every time he would sleep in my room, he would have this dream about a small man that was called the Feather King. My dad said he found a diary-type book where the Feather King would write entries about how long and beautiful my hair was, or how he would watch me as I picked flowers by the river. This Feather King had the intention to make me his bride, and for whatever reason, my dad was very against this. He said that the Feather King would line up small wooden sticks that resembled toothpicks to a full-grown human, This wooden sticks would lie against my window as if he were preparing them for something. In parentheses, I'm now considering that these may have been arrows or darts um, of some sort since toothpick type objects would be scale for a small human. Uh He would never have this dream if he was in a different room of the house. It was reoccurring until he tried to protect me from him one night and ended up squeezing me terribly. He stopped staying in my room, parentheses, even though it wasn't common close parentheses after that because he was afraid he would hurt me while trying to protect me from the feather king i apologize for this being so long but could this possibly be an amerigar or something similar has anyone ever had an experience like this 
Should anyone feel this is an appropriate subreddit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I would be more than happy to post this elsewhere. New to Reddit, thanks. So this is posted by Hunted by an Amerigar. <laughs> oh. Is their username? All right. So. No. <laughs> but I think they only made a Reddit to, like, post this. Um, the comments were not helpful, so. Feather King. So, now, do I think that this father was dreaming of an Amerigar? Or... Yeah, I'm going to keep saying Nimrigar. I think I heard it Nimrigar at one point, too. I, when I read it, I read it as Nimrigar. But, I don't know. I've, I heard it Nimrigar a couple times. Do I, I think like he's dreaming of a Nimrigar? Probably not. Um, from what I found on this cryptid, they are not dreamwalkers of any kind. But I will give credit that there are some similarities to what he was seeing in his dream to what the Nimrigar actually are. So, Tell me about it. let's get into it. Yes. So they are a Shoshone legend. Um, so a few quick facts about the Shoshone that are slightly different from what Danny gave earlier. <laughs> um, so they're a group of Great Plains natives. Um, and they share a similar language to that of the Comanche, which every source I saw has them separate. I didn't realize that they were like a branch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the Paiutes and the... Did we decide it was Ute or Ute? Ute, Ute peoples. <laughs> um, so they were originally a nomadic tribe um, traveling across what is now Idaho and Wyoming. Um, and they, But they eventually settled into like established villages. Fun fact, the most well-known Shoshone um, in history you may have heard of, it was Sacagawea. No way. Yes. How did I not see that? Yep, she was a uh, Shoshone. So this is the woman who traveled with Lewis and Clark as they you know did their thing a half dollar right i think she's on a dollar is she i think so crazy i think i i don't think i have any more i did have a couple of them at one point nice so back to the numerigar they are a race of little people yes which is why i chose not to do them because i have already done the pukwudgie and the Minahune, and I was like, that's a lot of little people. <laughs> yeah, so. so like Danny just said, we've talked about a couple other races of small humanoids before in the podcast. Bakwajis, most recently the Minahune, and generally while being troublemakers or angered if spotted or like disrupted, in the past, these guys have been relatively harmless, if, harmless if avoided. Yes, Yes. Um, especially the tradesman Menahune. But these guys, the Nimrigar, are just, they're just, they're just a little different. They lived, they live, or like rather lived, is the better word, um, in the Wind River and Pedro Ranges of Wyoming, which is part of the Rockies, and into the, I'm going to look that up, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, into the Awihi mountains of idaho it's o-w-y-h-e-e good (laughs) so one of these days someone will correct us and i believe it in my heart that we will finally (laughs) learn how to say some of these words i am normally good at looking it up but i only typed this once and forgot that i typed it i do that a lot (laughs) so um so full-grown adult nimrigar supposedly ranged between two and three feet in height and had a row of sharp canine teeth. Ooh. Spooky. Um, they would hunt with poisoned arrows. 
Similar to the Pukwudgies. I love Yep. What are they hunting? I don't know what kind of poison. Um, I thought you were going to ask, what are they hunting? Because that's a really good question. Yeah, what are they? Wait a minute. Hold on a damn minute, Bailey. What are they hunting? Good. That's a great question. So I think the best way to answer that is to transcribe or to translate the name Nimrigar. Um, It is derived from both Shoshone and Paiute um, languages, and it basically means little people eaters. So, yeah, they ate people. Oh. And each other. Oh. So they're cannibals. Oh. Little cannibals. Oh. All right. These are already less fun. (laughs) Um, So they were people aggressive, often at war with the Shoshone people. I'm also Um, people aggressive. (laughs) In some sources, um, they would steal babies as well for probably consumption. Water babies. Not water babies. Oh. If a Nimrigar was too old, sick, hurt, or otherwise unable or unwilling to be a productive member of society, they had a rather brutal way of making sure that they as a group stayed at peak performance. Um, So they would take the underperforming member, if you will, and bash their skull in. They what now? They would bash the skull in, probably with a rock. Interesting. And then would they eat them? Probably. Yummy. We think they eat them. All right. It is also of note that I did see one or two sources um, claim that they were skilled in the healing arts, which seems a little counteractive to the bashing of six skulls, but go off, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, we can heal you, but... (laughs) I gotta... Yeah, like I I totally could. I totally could. I'd much rather throw this rock at your head. So... Just keep the skull bashing in mind. All right. Skull bashing locked in my brain. Thank you. Locked in my non-bashed brain. Yeah. Um, So at some point, it is thought in Shoshone history or told in Shoshone, like legend, um, that they would have eventually gone like all out on the war against the Nimrigar and successfully got rid of them. So I don't think there are any like modern sightings Uh of one. Interesting. All right. So then to say the Reddit story would not have been in the Marigar? Well, it was a dream, so I don't know. But there's no like evidence of them being super, like supernatural in any way. Yeah. Interesting. It was probably a Pukwudgie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these guys were not just a Shoshone problem. Oh, really? Um, so the Nimrigar... As we have already determined, are not the only reported like race of little people in North America. Um, a la Pukwudgies, Manahune, those guys. Um, so almost all tribes or nations across America have legends of mischievous little people. Like trolls. Wow. Kind of. So the Comanche, the neighbors or offshoots of the Shoshone, called them uh, Nurupis. Cherokee language calls them the Yumwi. Um, and obviously we know of the Hawaiian Menahune and the Wampanoag Pukwudgies. Although the Pukwudgies are a little bit more on the spiritual side, on the supernatural side. Yes, they are. Than what um, the Nimrigar appear to be. But, Danny, are they myth or, or legend? Um, you know, they're dead, so probably not. <laughs> so... Just because of 
the widespread nature of this legend and like reports though you can f there have been like reports of you know fairies or leprechauns and stuff like that these little people all over the world yeah i feel like because they're so widespread i'm sure some people didn't have the chance to talk to each other before you know commemorating our our little people stories you know our, so our, i am inclined to believe that the nimrigar however you want to call them whatever name um did exist but for the non-believers, I do have a little bit of proof. No way. So to get to the proof, we need to go back in time just a little bit. Okay. To 1932. 1932. 1932. Not alive. No, mommy. So Cecil Maine and uh, Frank Carr were, to put it, literally gold diggers. Oh. Go <laughs> there. I forgot the tune of gold digger. I say she a gold digger. Yeah. <laughs> no, broke, broke. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Okay. Um, so they were, were, this is when we're in Wyoming and not Idaho. So they were about 60 miles off of Casper, Wyoming, which is in the San Pedro, which is part of the San Pedro Mountains. Uh-huh. Um, so their success in the accessible parts of the mountains was minimal. They weren't really finding, they were finding some gold, but not a lot. But since it was on the west? surface, hmm? So isn't that why people traveled west? Am I stupid? Yeah, kind Maybe. of. <laughs> um, so while they were finding some gold, they were finding a ton kind of just on the surface. So they were like, we need to go deeper. Oh. We have to go deeper. So they put dynamite down and blew up part of a mountain. <sighs> Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I will give them some credit because it did lead to some stuff. Okay. Normally I would discourage blowing up part of a mountain, but yeah. Avalanches and all that. Yes. Slide rock bolters and all that. <laughs> um, so since once the dynamite was set and blown, it unearthed a small cave. Mm -hmm. The entrance would have long since been covered and caved in. So without the explosion, it is unlikely that we would have ever found what we found next or what they found next okay so they go into the cave i don't think it was a very big cave a little small area where you could probably only one or two people could like stand um but there in the cave on a ledge set a statue a little statue a statue nope actually upon closer look it was a mummy huh um, so the mummy was sat in a squatting position with its knees tucked into its chest. Its head was oddly shaped, um, kind of short with a protruding brow bone. Um, like, a pretty flat nose, um, and its skin was quite tanned. Well, I'm trying Neanderthal-esque. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, covering its face, stemming from the top of the skull... There seemed to be an injury of sorts with something kind of coagulating around the rest of the face on the top of the head. Okay. The odd thing, though, that in its sitting position, the mummy was only six and a half to seven inches tall. All right. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the size of said mummy. Yay big. <laughs> yeah. Very small. Little. So, Maine and Carr were gold diggers. They're not scientists. And they were like, what? <laughs> well, um, <Let> so... <laughs> <do it. laughs> 
So they were like, we should tell people. So they yeah. told people. Good. And I'm not sure if they brought it to professionals, if word got out and professionals wanted to look. No matter the story, the mummy did end up in the hands of scientists who performed extensive tests, like dating tests and several x-rays on the mummy. So this has to be real because this is the first and only time that the corpse of one of these creatures has actually made it to its scientific destination. <laughs> it did. So um, these the results of the test come from researchers at the American Museum of Natural History in New York, um, and then were certified by Harvard University's anthropology department. So I'm inclined to believe them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they determined that standing, the mummy would have only been about 14 inches tall. Which is just over Two a feet. foot. Two feet. Oh, no. No, I'm dumb. Just over a foot. <laughs> hey, I'm so smart. <laughs> I know um, that. <laughs> yeah, just over a foot. So it dated back to and would have lived around the 1700s. Mm-hmm. X-rays showed that um, there was a fully formed skeleton of an adult man, approximately 65 at the time of death. So he was one of the old ones that they bashed. Um, we can say he was an adult. Um, I don't know really where they're getting 65, but we can say he's an adult um, as there was evidence of wisdom teeth and solid food in the stomach. Oh, they had food. Co- Wait, I would love to know what the contents of the stomach were, Bailey. Do we know? Mm-mm. God damn it. Was it people? <laughs> <laughs> the teeth were pointed. Just okay. a row of sharp pointed teeth. Mm-hmm. And then there was the injury on the skull. So, you know, it was signs of blunt force trauma. The skull had been crushed by a forceful blow. And the stuff coagulating on the rest of it um, was brain matter and blood. (laughs) (laughs) So this is not the only little skeleton that we think we have found. So also um, around the United States, there have been reports of rows and rows and like acres of graves for a quote unquote race of people under three foot tall in Ohio. Uh-huh. About 40 years later, there was a similar grave site found in Coffee County, Tennessee. These were only reported though, and I do not know if there was any ever physical evidence given to the public. They have just claimed that we have found all of these um under three feet tall supposedly at least in one of the sites all most of the um bodies or at least the heads were turned to face west supposing that whoever these people were they were sun worshipers oh yeah um which interesting pause (laughs) the laptop has five percent oh Continue. Um, I saw one source believe that maybe um, whoever these people were, they came from Egypt or other like ancient places that where you would have seen like sun worship. They really didn't equate them to any sort of native peoples. So I don't really know where that would have come from. Um, but according to most sources on these grave sites... They were proven to not be children like one might have, would have assumed at first being under three feet. Um, as once again, there was the presence of wisdom teeth 
Um, mm. So for most people, wisdom teeth appear between the ages of 17 to 25. So I have one I need to get removed. Actually, I have all four. I need to get all four removed, but one I can see, which is not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> one of mine has grown in, but it's fine. Mine is quote unquote grown in, except for it is very much sideways. So it's like pushing and it's there and it's owie. It doesn't feel nice. I need to get that removed. Yeah. So there is evidence, maybe, possibly, sure. supposedly. Of I believe it. <laughs> other little people across the United States. There have also been like small skeletons found all over the world. I don't, I didn't write any of those down, but I know. Yeah. They are a thing, and then I believe it is in Africa, somewhere in Africa. There is a group of people who are uh, on average under five feet, which is still taller than um, mm-hmm. our Namaragar here, but. Like, rarely do they grow over five feet. Most of them are somewhere in the four-foot range. I looked up the skeleton. He looks weird. I have been staring at him for so long, and he creeps me out. I don't like him. I don't like him either. Oh, and he has, like, eyes. I don't like looking at him. I hate this. Oh, I keep going, and I hate it. Yeah, stop. Ah, 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 ah. Okay, closing that. Look him up. Or, I mean, we might post him. Are we posting him? Uh, maybe. Is he too Is he too graphic for the Insta? He is not. He the second picture, though, so. I don't know yet. I don't want to look at him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to once it's posted. <laughs> yeah. Um, we cannot do any further tests, though. As yeah. um, Car eventually sold him. And then he got sold again, and now he's missing. (laughs) There is like a $10,000 reward if you can not even find him. I think if you can find the original copies of the um, x-rays. All right, so Bailey. (laughs) Again, every time. Okay, here's we're going to get ourselves... A uh, what channel? Discovery Channel show. And we're gonna go and we're gonna find these things, Bailey. It's probably in a landfill somewhere. Because I think it was like passed down like through a family like heirloom type thing and I bet you it just got thrown out. Who? Why didn't anyone think to put it in a museum? Because there's a theory that um, with the discoveries made in Tennessee and Ohio that the Smithsonian is is taking them and hiding them so that like the rest of the public doesn't know. Why? I don't know why. I would love to know. I just saw it somewhere that there was a theory that they were like hiding it from us. So the Smithsonian is hiding uh, proof of cryptids and mythical creatures so that we believe that we are the only species, like intelligent species living on I don't know if they're still living. Or previously living. Rather. But I don't know why they would be hiding it because we know about Neanderthals. I guess so. So they could be in a. But I mean, maybe I they th- are still living somewhere and they're just like hiding in the mountains. Maybe. And they actually didn't get killed off. Maybe like one or two were left and <laughs> they went away. But I guess if they were left, if their food source is people, 
be kind of hard to stay alive and not be noticed. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit difficult, I would say. Unless they're real sneaky about it. <laughs> like, only take the remains of, like, lost, like, wood, like, you know, like, hikers who get lost. That happens a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Because there are a lot of unsolved and, like, unfound bodies in the world. Like, a scary amount of bodies we haven't found. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, one last little thing. For mm-hmm. the non-believers... I am not one of them. So, supposedly there was a second mummy found, or more tests were done on the Pedro man, which is what we're calling the mummy. Um, I'm not sure which is which, but whatever it was, um, upon further tests, it was actually found to be um, an Anissa... Oh, no. (laughs) I know how to say, like, the actual word, but I can't use it as, like, a anencephalic infant um, who would have had a facial structure more closely aligned with an adult because of the it's a birth defect. So anencephaly, for those unaware, is a birth defect in which a baby is born um, without parts of the brain and skull. Mm-hmm. So a very it flattened, I hit my mic, sorry. It flattens the skull and the face, which looking at photos of him and then yeah. photos of anencephaly i could see where that's coming from um it is i'm still unclear though whether or not it was a second mummy or the pedro man that we've decided this is um because i think it's plausible for a second mummy to be determined to be anencephaly but i don't think it explains like the wisdom teeth on the pedro man yeah that's true is there like a scientific phenomenon where children grow their wisdom teeth young because i know like some babies are born with a full set of teeth. Yeah, I don't know. I I did a little bit of research on anencephaly, but that's kind of it. Let's see. I also don't know how long they would have like lived. There's also that apparently evidence of solid food. Yeah. From what I'm seeing, it just says there is no guaranteed time your wisdom teeth will come in, but usually it's as early as 12 years. Mm-hmm. So. Some people are born without. Sorry if that sounded weird for a second. Yeah, I heard. Doo-doo. We're glitching. Yes, we are pretty bad, but I can still hear you well, so we can finish oh, the episode. Oh, that was my me plugging my headphones back in. I was about to say if it sounded weird for a second, it's because my headphones came unplugged, and you were coming through oh. my speakers <laughs> rather than my headphones. Oh really? Fun. No, we can't. We can't? Is it not working? I'm so very far off from, like, you. Goddamn. <laughs> See, that was, like, two seconds delayed. We're, I, that's pretty much all I've got, though, so. So we can at least finish this here and then figure out the glitch and then do an outro. I have no idea, because all I heard was, uh, so we can at least... God damn it. <laughs> so I'm going to at least finish this here and figure out an outro and figure, figure out the issue and then do an outro later. Like, off, like save this recording so we don't lose it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to pause for a second to fix all of this and then we'll come back and finish the episode. Woo. Right, we're back. back. 
<laughs> um, this is getting so annoying. I know. We so fun fact. I am confirmed moving to Arkansas. I will still be three hours away from Bailey, but that is not a ridiculous amount of time for like us to at least at least once a month come back and forth and see each other and record maybe a couple of episodes together. So yeah. this won't be an issue. <laughs> hopefully. Ideally. Um, hopefully one of us or both of us will get, be getting new laptops. Yeah, eventually that would be really nice. Because I think that's part of it. A lot of my issue, I know on my end when we do like video recordings, mm-hmm. um, which you guys will never see, but we can see each other when we do it. Um, the recording system we use does like health checks on the computer and whatnot and I, mine's always on a warning because apparently i don't have enough space <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'm, i think that's part of it and use <coughs> so yeah it is something all of our episodes will be recorded um together but hopefully more of them will be yeah hopefully and like hopefully we least... can start bringing you cryptic cocktail hour yes we are, so it's, it's a surprise. It's a surprise what we're actually doing, but I think we're going to try to get together in person on Bailey's birthday and record something fun and special and surprise. So yeah. It'll be very interesting. I'm very excited. I hope we do that because then we can just, we can drink on Bailey's birthday and then it's it's not drinking for no reason. It's drinking for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. That was the way you're going to keep a secret because I was literally about to say it. So I guess secret. not. <laughs> That one I want to keep secret because it's exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know who will care, but I want to keep it a secret because it's fun for me. <laughs> oh, my cat's in my tree. Um, Again. So, yeah, that's the Nimmerigard. Nimmerigard? Nimmerigard, 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 Little Nim Nims. They're water babies. So, I would say avoid any body of water in Idaho. Yeah, because there's so many more that we didn't cover. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of going on in the water at Idaho, at Idaho, in Idaho. Um, so I would just like avoid being close to any body of water. Um, as for the Marigard, I gar, gar, hello, gar, gar. <laughs> like uh, what is it, the next guard or whatever? <laughs> anyway, I think that's a dog medicine. I don't know. Harley. Regardless. Stop. I think you don't have to worry about them because though I do think that they are real, I do not think that they are still with us. If you, will. I think it's that de- probably definitely just a um, the Nemeragar. I think it's just another like um, not a homin, not a hominin, <laughs> um, another Homo, whatever. Homo erectus, Homo sapien, Homo Homo Homo. One of yeah. those Homos. <laughs> One of them homos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Probably. It's probably a Neanderthal-esque creature. Yeah, probably. I, 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 I vibe with it. But yeah, I don't think you need to worry about them anymore, is what I'm saying. Uh, maybe getting a nice $10,000 reward for finding, <laughs> for finding our guy and or his <laughs> x-rays. But I don't know. We might get to it first, so... <laughs> We should cut that part out so no one else knows. I know. Oh, I, I, that was supposed to be a surprise, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We come back sounding totally great because we got the reward and we can still pay by like better equipment. Yeah. Our podcast just shoots off because we find the Nimergard x-rays. Nimergard. Yeah. That. Nim, 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 nim. I'm going to call them nim, nims. Nim, nim, nims. But yeah, uh, try to avoid water in Idaho. But I, uh, other than that, I go go wherever you want, I suppose. Yeah. And to see if we find the x-ray, I'm sure we'll post it on our Instagram at... Are They There Yet Podcast. And we might shout it out on our Twitter, maybe, if that isn't weird anymore. ATTY Podcast. And you can send us an email to check in on our progress of finding the x-rays at... Or if you find it. Let us know. Let us know so that we can find you and steal them. Yeah, that. I mean, uh, no, we are, we won't do that. Please email us. Attypodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. Um. Stay safe out there, travelers. I've been Danny. And I've been Bailey. Bye. Bye. <laughs>